Welcome to a new conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. In my book, Win the Retirement Game, How to Outsmart the Nine Forces Trying to Steal Your Joy, I created a fictional character named Pete, who's a composite of many of the clients I've coached over the years. And he and his wife, Melissa, make a decision to move back to the city. Big change from their suburban life, and it's a change that's right for some people. What I didn't consider at the time is, well, which city should they move to? What would be some of the key factors for them to be thinking about? Well, today's conversation sheds more light on those factors. We'll be talking with Mark Huffman of Consumer Affairs about their new report, The Best and Worst Cities for Retirement. Mark Huffman has written about consumer issues for ConsumerAffairs.com since 2004. Previously, he was a news correspondent for the Associated Press Radio Network, Westwood One Radio Networks, and MarketWatch.com. Mark also produces video segments for ConsumerAffairs.com, and he produced a 20-minute DVD, Senior Scam Alert, a training tool to help seniors avoid scams. He received a BA degree from the University of Kentucky, and he and his family live in a historic row house in Richmond, Virginia, and they have a weekend home on Chesapeake Bay. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Happy to do it. So what surprised you most when you look at the list of best and worst cities for retirement in 2023 by Consumer Affairs? Well, I think the first thing that jumps out at you is there are very few cities in Florida on this list. There's Pensacola, which is in the panhandle. It, it, it really has more in common with Georgia and Alabama than a lot of places in Florida. And then when you start to think about it, I'm a baby boomer. My parents' generation, they love to retire to Florida because they wanted to go someplace warm. That was the biggest thing for them. And you think back 40, 50 years ago, Florida was much less crowded and it was much less expensive. But you get into the interior of Florida, like around Orlando, it is a mega city. So this generation, the baby boom generation, I think has different priorities. And the second thing that surprised me when I looked at the list is how many Midwestern cities are among the top retirement destinations according to our criteria, which is aimed at baby boomers. What do baby boomers want? Number one was Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, you probably don't think of Lincoln, Nebraska as a place to retire, but when you think about it, the climate is not as cold as you would think as the upper Midwest. The average temperature is like 52 degrees. It has a very large population of people over 65. And that was big on our criteria. And you might ask why. Well, I think people like to be around people their own age. But also, if you have a large population of people over 65, there's going to be more services for those people businesses that cater to that population will, because that's where their customers are. So they will come in and be in those areas. And then finally, it's a university town. And if you look at the top four on our list, it was Lincoln, St. Louis, Champaign, Illinois, and Des Moines. All four have major universities. And what does a major university provide? Well, there's cultural activities. If you're a sports fan, there's Division I college sports. Yeah, there's a lot to like. And I'm in a college town today and can echo the advantages of the sports part. I go to a lot of 
basketball games, probably 12 to 15 games a season. Here locally, I can walk to it, which is great. And so you hit on a, a number of things. I'm curious, what factors do you think drive most people's decision-making about where to live in retirement? And what else should they be considering? Well, I think that probably the biggest factor is people want to be close to family. And that's, I think that drives a lot of moves. And having said that, your family might not live in the most conducive place to retire. So you might have to look in the, you know, maybe 50 miles away. And I can tell you from experience, that's not a bad situation. I happen to be very close, live very close to children and grandchildren, and that has its advantages and its disadvantages. But beyond that, you know, and something else I've noticed, because I live for years in the Washington, D.C. metro, and I have a lot of friends who have retired, and they're still there. They haven't moved because they put down roots, and they don't want to pick up and move. And I think other, a lot of people are like that. So they're willing to uh, pay the high taxes and the high cost of living. Some cases, they've already paid off their mortgage, so that helps balance it out. But I, I think one of the biggest reasons that people move in retirement is to be close to children and grandchildren. So when they make that move, they should look at cities that offer support for the over 65 population. In our criteria, we baby boomers were, are great outdoors people. They like the green spaces. They like parks and hiking trails. And cities that offer that, I think, are attractive places to retire. Then there's the whole issue of medical care. My wife and I moved before we retired. We moved to a very rural area on Chesapeake Bay. Very nice, living on the waters, great lifestyle. But as we began to get older, we realized that there was nothing around that to support an aging population. And so we moved to Richmond, which was about 70 miles away. So that was a main, you know, healthcare services like that. That was a main issue for us. So there's some really interesting factors that were included in the analysis. Some you'd expect like cost of living, but what were some of the other really interesting factors that you included in the criteria? Well, I, I think about the outdoor activities, which our generation, we've always valued that. Also, the support that an area provides an aging population, things like nutrition centers, uh, senior centers, being able to meet and associate with other seniors. I think that's probably one of the biggest factors that is driving the explosive growth in the over 55 housing developments. The people just, they want to be around other people who are retired or, or near retirement and develop new friendships and new relationships. I just think our generation is just aging differently than any in the past, and maybe the ones coming behind us will change even more, but we're sort of breaking the mold. No doubt. I noticed walkability score as one of the factors that caught my attention that you included. That, that seems to be a big plus. It is, and as well as public transportation, being able, as you age, you may not want to drive as much, and being able to get around and be able to walk to where you want to go. We lived briefly before we moved to Richmond full time. We bought a place in one of Richmond's oldest neighborhoods. 
And I'd never lived in a city before. It was great because you could walk everywhere. Uh, you could walk to restaurant. You could walk to the grocery. And I really got a kick out of that. I, I liked it. So Paul Span wrote an article in early August in the New York Times about concerns about climate change and how they're influencing where retirees are moving to. What did your analysis find? Well, we didn't specifically address that point, but I can tell you just from observation, what's interesting is, as I mentioned, the the top cities are in the Midwest. The lowest ranked cities are on the East and West Coast. I don't know if if climate change had uh, anything to do with that, but it, I just thought that was interesting. And if I remember correctly, the lowest ranked one of all was in Arizona. Right. Uh, Lake Havasu City, which has a surprisingly high cost of living. And then it ranked poorly on the, the walkability and green space and, and things like that. So returning to the top cities, what were some of the common denominators? What do they have in common? Well, as I pointed out, they're college towns. I mean, I, I think college towns performed very well because, and you know, you think about a tenured professor at a university, they may not want to move when they retire. They may want to stay there. They have friends. And so you have a lot of, a lot of people who are 65 and older. That's a big commonality. Another is the city has invested in infrastructure that supports seniors. They have senior centers. They have nutrition centers. They have programs that are specifically geared to seniors. And that, I, that makes them, I think, more desirable than some other cities. And looking at the worst cities, what did they have in common? Well, a lot of them had a, a high crime, higher than average crime problem. I looked at Spartansburg, North Carolina, I was surprised that that was the second worst city. And so I did a little digging to find out why, because North Carolina as a state is very desirable for a lot of people retire there. But Spartansburg has a crime problem. And I didn't know about that, that some organization put them in the top 20 most dangerous cities in America, which I would not, not have thought about that. It also has a fairly low population of seniors over 65. And to your point earlier, that really affects the resources that people can access. Right. I just think there's a lot of great places to retire, and they're not necessarily on our list. But I think you look at a city and just look at the people. Do you see a lot of people your age? What are the resources that are available? For seniors. What about supermarkets? I mean, what kind of supermarkets? Are there uh, fresh produce stands? A lot of rural areas have those, of course, but some suburban and city areas do too have farmers markets. That's a great resource for seniors who want to eat healthy. But another personal aside, when I lived in that rural area, I had to drive 11 miles to, to get to a supermarket. And now I drive two miles and I have a choice of supermarkets. That makes a big difference. And those are things that are easy to take for granted. So Mark, based on the analysis, what advice would you offer someone listening who's planning to move in retirement? Well, you should go and visit more than once. Maybe stay for a week. Talk to other people your age that you have a chance to encounter. Just do the research. 
find out what resources are there, check out the hospitals, how do they rate? There's plenty of organizations that rate hospitals. Yeah, there's check the boxes and find a place that you like. And interestingly, we haven't talked a lot about climate and in our ratings, we downplayed that because that was one of the, the lowest. Minneapolis is on our list of top places to retire. That's really cold. Green Bay, Wisconsin is very high, but the other factors seem to outweigh that. And if you're a hearty baby boomer, you can do just fine. Mark, thanks for sharing your wisdom with us today. Really appreciate it. Uh, happy to do it. Time for takeaways. Ideas to turn today's conversation into some actionable items that you can use for your retirement planning. Number one, what are your priorities? Mark Hoffman mentioned that baby boomers as a generation are changing how we retire today, and that's certainly true. But looking at things through a generational lens casts a very wide perspective. So the question is, what are the things that are most important to you as you think about where to perhaps live next. And I found their list of criteria to be very interesting. They didn't present it in this format, but I look at them as kind of two tiers. Tier one is a lot of the essential things that you would expect, cost of living, healthcare services, in terms of quality and accessibility, transportation options, safety level, level of crime, and temperature slash climate. They use temperature, I'm adding climate is just something to think about. And then there's what I'll call second tier issues. And these could be equally important or more important to you. They evaluate cities on, on these factors. Community well-being, activity level or physical inactivity level, walkability, the availability of preventive care services, a lot of other very interesting things. So what are the things that are most critical for you to have on your checklist? Number two, consider a college town. I thought it was very interesting that he mentioned that a lot of the best cities are in a university setting. And that resonated with me because I work in a college town. I've been here, had my office here for 14 years. And I can attest to there's a vibrancy to it that has a lot of options, certainly connected to lifelong learning, sporting events, et cetera. But it also offers, I would say, a lot of very interesting restaurant options on the interesting yet affordable scale. So I would really consider encourage you to consider thinking about a college town. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. My mission is to help you retire smarter by highlighting the non-financial side of retirement planning. You can browse all of our episodes at our website, retirementwisdom.com across six seasons.